ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನ್ನವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ನಮ ಶ್ರೀ ಶಂಕರಾನಂದಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹಗ್ರಹಗ್ರಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಈಶ್ವರೇಣಿ ಜೀವೇನ ಸೃಷ್ಟಂದ್ವೈತಂ ವಿವಿಜ್ಯತೆ ವಿವೇಕೆ ಸತಿ ಜೀವೇನ ಹೇಯೋ ಬಂಧಸ್ಫುಟಿ ಭೇತ್ ಮಾಂತು ಪ್ರಕೃತಿ ವಿದ್ಯಾತ್ ಮಾಯಿನಂತು ಮಹೇಶ್ವರಂ ಸಮಾಯೀ ಸೃಜತಿ ತ್ಯಾಹು ಶ್ವೇತಾಶ್ವತರಶಾಖಿನ ಆತ್ಮಗ್ರೇ ಭೂತ್ ಸೈಕ್ಷತಸೃಜಾತಿ ಸಂಕಲ್ಪೇನಾಸೃಜಲ್ಲೋಕಾನ್ತಿ ಬಹ್ವೃಚಾ ಖಂಬಾಯ್ವಗ್ನಿರ್ಜಲೋಭ್ಯೋಷಧ್ಯನ್ನದೇಹಕ್ರಮಾದಮೀ ಸಂಭೂತ್ರಹ್ಮಣಸ್ತಸ್ಮೇತಸ್ಮಾತ್ಮನೋಖಿಲ ಬಹು ಸ್ಯಾಮೇವಾಜಾತಿ ಕಾಮತಃ ತಪಸ್ತಪ್ತ್ಸೃಜತ್ಸರ್ವ ಜಗದೀತ್ಯಾಹತಿ ಇದಮಗ್ರೇಸೇವಾಸೀತ್ ಬಹುತ್ವಾಯತೈಕ್ಷತ ತೇಜೋ ಬನ್ನಾಂಡಜಾದೀನೀ ಸಸರ್ಜೇತಿ ಸಾಮಘಾಫುಲಿಂಗಾಯಥಾವನ್ಹೇ ಜಾಯಂತೆ ಕ್ಷರತಸ್ತಿಧಾಶ್ಚಿಜಡಾ ಥರ್ವಣಿಕೀಶ್ರುತಿ ಜಗದವ್ಯಾಕೃತ ಪೂರ್ವ ಆಸೀದ್ಯಾಕ್ರಿಯತೆ ಧುನಾ ದೃಶ್ಯಾಭ್ಯಾಭ್ಯಾಡಾದಿಷು ತೇ ಸ್ಫುಟೆ ವಿರಾಣ್ಮನುರ್ನರೋಗಾವಹ ಖರಾಶ್ವಾಜಾವಯಸ್ತೀಲಿಕಾವಧಿ what we have been seeing is a very uh, elegant uh, and eloquent rendition on part of swami vidyaranya of what of the uh, various uh, you know upanishads and specifically those parts of the upanishad that deal with the so called origin of the universe so called origin because the universe is no there is universe is that which has which is anadi no origin it is just like the tree within the seed in the form of all knowledge in a causal form and and that seed manifests 
it is avyakritam avyakritam means unmanifest purvam and then now it is vyakritam and then later on it will go back to being what avyakritam avyakritam again and so therefore there is no birthday for anything you know the birthday is only for if there is a birthday to be celebrated it is only for the name and form and the name and form the technical word is nama roopa and another word a little more abstract than that is upadhi name and form is upadhi and as though container for that which makes everything be what it is the i is the i it allows itself to see it is able to see because of which presence and that presence is a limitless presence all knowledge which has come through in the form of eyes ear is ear because of which which consciousness which awareness which chaitanya which bhagavan that is what makes the ear ear so the ear itself the physical ear is the nama roopa and that it functions in the same way in the cat dog cow human being and any other animal that has ears is is that shakti is that maya shakti in the form of the in in the form of that you know kriya shakti that that ability to you know be what it is so everything borrows its existence from sachidananda and the nama roopa becomes animated so to speak so the various kinds of chit and jada you know bhavaha existences things that exist that are you know that are with what we call sukshma sharira chit and then jada those that don't have sukshma sharira what is this sukshma sharira subtle body so the, so we have we, in the in the text we discuss in the uh, tradition we discuss three kinds of bodies and the one is what you can see and objectify easily which is what the gross body and then we have the subtle body in the form of the sense organs mind etc i mean you can still objectify it but it is much more hard because you know you don't have you know Yeah, uh, uh, there is no way to really sort of see how the seeing is taking place. It is a subtle, uh, you know, mechanism, and so the subtle body is that, uh, you know, uh, what is a sukshma sharira, and then we have the reason for which the other two bodies come into being. Why does the gross body come into being? You know, because these casings, like these nama roopa, you know, why does this uh, come to be why is there nama roopa why is that created in the form of the upadana karanam in the form of the whole jagat all the nama roopas are created for sachidananda to enter and abide why are these created so, you know these nama roopas are what as though upadhis and that is the meaning of the word upadhi they are as though containers and this is where we have a orderly creation the nama roopas are for exhausting the papa punya that is what it is so the various nama roopas are kshetras and you know and what is what is abiding in the nama roopa is is this chaitanya alone so the various nama roopas come out in an orderly fashion and that's why i said it is important to reconcile both those things because when you say a spontaneous uh, projection 
then like a dream in the dream there is no planning at least on the overt level what planning is there there is no planning and there is no planning at the overt level at all and so therefore what so therefore there is nothing that that can be done there is no planning and uh, so it it is all spontaneous correct and then on a uh, you know when we say this is what is called uh, you know this is what is called spontaneous sankalpat srishti and then we have what is called you know we have kramena srishti kramat srishti an orderly srishti and so the orderly there is a very interesting thing the orderly srishti presupposes planning presupposes that there is some spacing between each nama roopa that is coming out and some you know logic behind that and what is the spacing factor it has to be time and space correct ha so then you know so the kramat srishti seems in the in the, what is that in a battle with the spontaneous srishti but we have seen that that is not the case at all in fact there is a seamless uh, you know reconciliation of both uh, we saw in the previous mantra uh, i mean in the uh, in the in the mantra here why because it is it is just that uh, the jagat does not enjoy the same reality as you know consciousness so the projection of the jagat whether it is spontaneously and also in the form of the order is all possible because the jagat itself is a, a knowledge in a seed form and the knowledge bursts forth in its own order and that knowledge is withdrawn and that's all it is so this knowledge is limitless and this knowledge is the only source of existence you can say or you can say that this jagat is just borrowing its existence from bham satyam gyanam anantam brahma from brahman and this jagat is borrowing the existence from brahman and then what and then you know when that existence is withdrawn the jagat collapses and what is this existence this existence is all knowledge and limitless or we can say that this jagat is you know is just uh, sharing this uh, dna of limitlessness so that limitless uh, purnam brahma purna means limitless that purnam adaha that purnam brahma adaha that purnam gives birth to this purnam so this limitless brahman you know projects the limitless jagat in a limitless manner and what is the nature of this limitlessness this limitlessness is all knowledge and is the only source of existence so you can take it from any angle you can take the jagat from the sat angle or from the gnanam angle all knowledge or you can take it from the ananta limitlessness you know angle because all these are definitions of brahman and they are you know they, they are really referring to one and the same thing and so therefore here we see that virada dishu tes phute so starting with virat and we saw how what is the meaning of the word virat virat means bhagavan in a active manifesting capacity so bhagavan when bhagavan is awake to the universe in the active capacity role of creating and sustaining the universe and so that bhagavan gets a name and that name is virat and this bhagavan 
you know, uh, uh, included in this in this manifestation of Bhagavan is the whole world of Upadhi's name and form. And we also saw in yesterday night's class how the you know these name and form you know are inextricable from Satchidananda. But then what does the Vishwa do? The Vishwa means the one who is looking at Virat. The whole Jagat is in the form of this Bhagavan and the one who is looking at this Virat can only look and objectify the Nama Rupas and therefore takes the Nama Rupas to be real. <laughs> because they, they have a certain reality. They are not unreal but they are not real either. So they are what is called Vyavaharika Satta. This is important. So this Vyavaharika Satta, I'll write it down. Transactional reality is called Vyavaharika Satta. Then when we talk about uh, Brahman as Satchidananda, that is what is called Paramarthika Satta, absolute reality. So, Vyavaharika, the empirical things that you can objectify, Paramarthika, yourself, that is not an, you know, that is not subject to objectification. And then, you know, then there is one more kind of reality which is going to be the bread and butter of the latter half of this, the rest of this chapter, and that is called what? Pratibhasika Satta, a personal or a subjective reality. So these are what is called the three orders of reality and they exist seamlessly without any contradiction at all. And what are the three orders? What you see here, Vyavaharika Satta and that upon which the Vyavaharika, the uh, empirical reality, the objectifiable reality depends is called Paramarthika because this transactional reality is not independent. We saw it's a projection of Bhagavan and it is being sustained by Bhagavan. It leans on Bhagavan. It cannot, doesn't have a leg to stand on. Because Nama Rupa is useless unless it is animated by Bhagavan, unless it borrows its presence to shine. So by, you know, from Bhagavan, from this Satchidananda, it draws its existence. Otherwise it is totally useless. And so therefore, Vyavaharika Satta, the, uh, you know, the objective empirical reality and it's important to say objective because if there is a tree, you know, outside the window and then we are all standing at the window, it's not just that only one person is seeing the tree, you know, everybody is seeing the tree and everybody is looking at the tree and they can say, okay, it is, you know, so many meters tall. And from this distance, uh, let's say it looks like a uh, mango tree. And oh, look, if you have keen eyesight, you can see that there are some mangoes growing. So like this, you know, this is a shared reality. Because the, this objectification of the Nama Rupatmakam Jagat. So this objectification of the Jagat is not being done randomly and personally. It is a shared objectivity it is a shared reality so therefore this is the objective universe which we can all you know which we can all rely on for the purposes of transaction avyavahara and interaction like gravity everybody senses gravity that's how it that's why it's a law so the various orders of reality of bhagavan is called vyavaharika satta and then that upon which this 
transactional reality draws you know uh, relies on and that from which it draws its existence is called paramarthika satta paramarthika satta means you know on the level of sachidananda where everything is the same jagat is sachidananda you know everything is sachidananda time is sachidananda space is sachidananda sachidananda is not the jagat sachidananda is not just time is not just space is limitless enough to morph and you know appear as time and appear as space without being either untouched unafflicted that is the truth of the universe that is the truth of oneself this is called paramarthika satta and then what then we have a personal special reality the contribution of the jiva called pratibhasika satta so here only one person looking out of the window is seeing the tree everybody else is not seeing the tree one person alone is seeing the tree it's a problem correct ha is a problem and so therefore what so therefore this is you know this is something to be uh, uh, to be uh, seen as a subjective reality whose ingredients are twofold so the uh, the one main raw material for producing the subjective reality is the jagat is the shared jagat that we are all looking at correct out of all of us you know there there is one person suddenly let's say who is seeing something in a wrong way which other people are not seeing and so therefore what so they is so this is what is called aropa a that person is engaged in the act of what is called superimposition and so what kind of superimposition it is and how does the superimposition take place in order for there to be the superimposition there has to be what is called a satta some reality has to be there you know like the rope is the reality is the uh, is the reality for the projected non existent snake correct so the jagat becomes so the jagat which is itself a projection bhagavan's projection frequently becomes a sitting duck for jiva's projection ah so the jiva is seeing in the jagat you know uh, using the jagat to superimpose their own you know whatever it is and raga dvesha etc so the first thing that you need that there are two ingredients for you know pratibhasika satta first thing is there there should be something upon which this distorted vision uh, is leaning on so there should be something correct and so and and what is that that is mithya bhuta vyavaharika satta so vyavaharika satta itself is leaning on brahman and this pratibhasika satta is leaning on vyavaharika satta so it's like a domino effect you know and all of them they fall yes this is what happens because so so if vyavah so paramarthika is is called satyam and vyavaharika satta is called mithya mithya means that which depends on sat is mithya sat is independent and trikale api tishthati unchanging uh, non negatable and independent self standing and so vyavaharika satta the entire world of name and forms relies and leans and draws its existence we saw in the you know yesterday's class 
So every Nama Rupa draws Satchidananda from the Paramarthika Sattva in order to be what it is. And so the Vyavaharika Sattva is itself like this, correct? Haan. Because it is very iffy, it is relying on Sat. One good thing is that wherever there is Mithya, there is Sat. Why? Because there is no Mithya without Sat possible. That's the whole idea. And that's why Bhagavan here is presented as Virat. Virat means in and through the names and forms. You see that which is abiding, you know, in every, in every Upadhi. Very beautiful. And so, one good thing is wherever there is Mithya, Yatra Yatra Mithya, Tatra Tatra Sat. Haan. So the Vyavaharika ka reality is not far off from the Paramarthika. In fact, it is Paramarthika. We have to change the vision to see it that way. And when will the vision change? When the Pratibhasika Satta or the personal reality which to, you know, which I have cultivated with a lot of, you know, attachment and premium lets, lets itself draw, be dropped. Then only I am able to Ishwarize the Jagat. Ishwarizing the Jagat is seeing Sat in and through the Mithya without needing to break down each and every name and form. You don't have to break down. You know, just like it's so simple, it's like saying touch wood. And what am I touching? A table. I'm not touching wood at all. I'm touching a table, let us say it has intricate carvings and it has some you know, inlay work of uh, ivory or whatever it is and then it has some, you know, varnish on top and it has a name called table and it has a form called table. But still I can say touch wood and when I say touch wood, in that moment I am transcending the carvings, I am transcending the inlay work, I am transcending the shape called table, its legs, its top, everything and going straight to the source upon which the table relies. In relation to the wood, table is Mithya <laughs> because the table draws its sustenance and existence from the wood alone. Correct? And so, I can say touch wood and similarly I can touch pot and say touch clay, <laughs> touch wood, touch gold. I can touch the ornament and say touch gold. Because the ornament is nothing but gold and the table is nothing but wood. Forget all the things that come and go like paint and varnish and all these things. And the pot is nothing but clay. Forget all the glaze and all the accoutrements, the add-ons. It's nothing but clay. The pot is nothing but clay. The ornament is nothing but gold. And then, you know, the table is nothing but wood. And then, can we say it the other way around? <laughs> clay is nothing but pot. No, there we see a problem because the clay can exist as pot. Simultaneously, the clay can exist, lend its existence to cup, lid, saucer, figurine, everything, jar, vase, water, uh, you know, uh, water uh, pot, all these things. It can sustain and uphold without being any one of them. And so ornament is gold. Can we say gold is ornament? No. <laughs> Gold can, you know, so earring is gold, but gold is not earring. Gold at the same time, gold is not only earring. Gold is nose ring, earring, finger ring, this ring, that ring, everything, toe ring. So, this is what, and that's why I feel like the gold is substantive. The ring comes and goes. 
it's not golden ring where gold is the adjective it should be ringy gold bangly gold it should be like that chainy gold <laughs> gold is one and the same gold is what is here you know in relation to the ornament gold is the satyam of the ornament and so too the whole jagat is full is like ornaments is like the various pots and various earthen ware and which drawing its existence from the clay from the gold which is likened to what is that sat because the shine of the ornament belongs to the gold the weight of the ornament belongs to the gold uh, the color of the ornament belongs to the gold in fact the whole ornament is nothing but gold but gold is gold ornament is gold gold is gold gold pot is clay clay is clay uh, this we have to understand and so we have one reality which is completely unafflicted by anything you know and this is taught very well in the bhagavad gita in the ninth chapter matsthani sarvabhutani you know and you know the, the, this is what uh, lord krishna says all beings draw their existence from me and then he almost contradicts himself in the very next lines naja matsthani bhutani pashyame yoga maishwaram <laughs> look at this magic arjuna you know all beings draw their existence from me but i am not any one of them don't say that mithya is satyam satyam is also mithya no <laughs> jagat is bhagavan therefore bhagavan is jagat bhagavan has become the jagat no <laughs> this is what is a project this is what is the fun of delving into a projected srishti you can play in the projections without really getting the hands wet without really you know getting anything you know uh, taking it on if you know this that is what see that is the relation between vyavaharika and paramarthika that is the relation and then what and then now we have you know then we have one more pratibhasika what shall we do with this one <laughs> you know withdraw it that's the only thing to do so pratibhasika as i said it has two ingredients one is there should be something to superimpose and that is the jagat and the superimposition itself is the mental raw material of raga and dvesha ha that is the primary raw material for all projections i see something you know and when i look at something ayyo i don't have it uh, one person looks at something and feels sad and the other person looks at the same things and feels happy why because you know the one who felt sad you know what is that it's like that it's like going to the museum and looking at the hope diamond very big large blue diamond okay called hope diamond and then when you see the diamond 
you know naturally you feel hopeless why because it is <laughs> it is sitting in a case you know with all this uh, what is that whistles and bells and alarms and then you know it's it, there's no way you it can become one with you you cannot enjoy oneness with the hope diamond because it is under strict surveillance it does not belong to you in fact there is very little chance zero chance almost that it's going to become yours correct yeah and then the other person let's say a sadhu also goes to the museum the sadhu looks at the uh, hope diamond and has no reaction whatsoever and then somebody else you know looks at the hope diamond and maybe it's the curator of the museum who feels that oh this is all mine anyway and who feels a sense of responsibility and everything and who feels happy on seeing that okay the hope diamond is safe you see so this is what is what is called pratibhasika satta so one's longing for something that is raga or one's uh, dvesha one's uh, what is that called you know hatred for something one's uh, not withstanding something the inability to tolerate something become these two these twin feelings of attachment to something or longing for something and what else and the hatred of something both of them become the raw materials for the pratibhasika to be projected the pratibhasika is an individual projection vyavaharika is an ishvara's projection so jeeva srishti we are going to see very soon pratibhasika and then ishvara srishti is called vyavaharika and then the jeeva can get out of the pratibhasika in two ways one is to firmly plant the feet on the vyavaharika satta live in the objective world by withdrawing the the subjective raw materials which are what the subjective raw materials we have seen the raw materials are basically this uh, you know ragadvesha so by withdrawing suspending working on the ragadveshas with the help of karma yoga etc so one is able to relate to the jagat as it is rather than as i want it to be this is the first step in ishwarizing the jagat and the second step is to see everything as ishvara the whole jagat is ishvara and the seer is ishvara seen is ishvara eater is ishvara eaten is ishvara ब्रह्मार्पणम ब्रह्मी एटसेट्रा एटसेट्रा एवरीथिंग इज ब्रह्मन एंड देन सो दिस इज हाउ दी प्रातिभासिक सत्ता इज फर्स्ट रिड्यूस्ड एंड देन मिनिमाइज्ड एंड देन ओवरकम इट्स अटैचमेंट टू वन सेल्फ इज ओवरकम कंप्लीटली एंड सो दिस इज व्हाट इज नीडेड यू नो दिस इज व्हाट इज नीडेड टू बी एबल टू लिव इन द व्यावहारिक सत्ता फर्स्ट and then pursue the knowledge of the self and understand that i am that paramarthika satta i am that ishvara which is abiding in every name and form that's the final stage and so therefore you know here in order to set this up that is why we are having the term virat and from this virat let us see in verse number 9 what all has come after this long introduction so what all has come you know virat hai manuhu manuhu means the ancient uh, law makers or we can say manu was the first human being 
that's why we are all called manavaha you know children of manu so the first human being was created then naraha then all bodies here nara means you know human beings means from the standpoint of the body mind sense complex sukshma sharira and sthula sharira was created and then what you know then um, uh, gavaha gavaha means cows kharaha donkeys or mules ashwaha some horse like you know creatures so we apparently you know the academics who have studied the vedas they dispute the fact that in uh, uh, what is that prehistoric uh, you know in the vedic age uh, thousands of years ago there could not have been horses and there was no horse trading with other things so this ashwa is you know um, you know is not uh, horse okay if it is not horse it is some kind of <laughs> you know precursor to the horse okay yeah some kind of a foal in fact you know um, some kind of a, you know some kind of horse like things and uh, we can't say that the horses were not there because just uh, yesterday in the news this is very fascinating news you know i read that a 42000 year old baby horse a pony was found in a dry riverbed ex- excavation in some uh, you know cold part of russia yeah and so they were doing some uh, geological you know um, excavations and this is from the uh, you know 42000 year year old you can't even think about it 42900 year old body of a pony perfectly preserved because it's a very cold area it was all under ice okay so it has been under ice for so long and then i think some little bit of global warming which has reached even the coldest of places thawed out and spit out this this fossil this almost fossilized uh, uh, you know body of the pony and then I, we read that this body of the pony was perfectly preserved because it was caked in the mud of the river bed which had then turned into ice so it was almost in a it was mummified naturally mummified by the the, the healing properties of the clay had preserved the body intact yeah and it was a two week old baby horse baby pony some kind of a prehistoric horse and that had you know that had died by you know venturing too far into the river bed not knowing that it was full of kind of a quicksand and it had drowned in it and then the winter set in and preserved the body intact but that also is not uh, so fascinating as the fact that when they did the post mortem to find out how it died and what is the you know what is the dna of this etc they found that it was st- the blood was still liquid after 42900 years think about it the blood is still flowing and then they they were able to also extract liquid urine from its kidneys amazing everything was in liquid form and well preserved and then they are going to study this because now they have dna and they said they can they can even clone it because and then now we can see what the prehistoric you know horse which is now extinct looked like 
so like that you know this is uh, so we don't know what this ashwa is but doesn't matter some some kind of a horse like creature that was there at that time you know ashwaha and ajaha uh, aja means goat avihi avayaha means many goats so avihi means uh, sheep so aja goat sheep so we have uh the human body we have the body of uh, we have the first human being and then the body of other human beings and then we have the body of cow then we have the uh, upadhi of uh, mule donkey and some mule horse uh, type creature and then goats and sheep and then finally let us not leave out the pipilika pipilika avadhi means avadhi means all the way down to avadhi means till till the uh, till the smallest thing what is the smallest thing pipilika means ant so up to the most small the smallest creature which is the ant we ant what happened you know virada dishu tes phute they all came out dvandvam means in couples in pairs in other words it's not that two two came out it's just that you know they were created in two categories male and female that is what the whole idea is and so here we have there is a caveat to understand this mantra the caveat is that we should not say that this bhagavan in the form of satyam gyanam anantam brahma chaitanya chaitanya swarupa this paramarthika satta with the help of you know this param brahma with the help of which is you know in whose uh, um, identity is inbuilt maya shakti so with its help what has what has it done it has created all these things it has not created the things themselves it has created the nama roopa that's why here nama roopa was first put in verse number 8 second line before all the things that came have been talked about so only the casing for these the cow was there the horse was there the donkey was there the goat and the sheep was there but then that which inhabited those casings was bhagavan itself inhabited within heavy quotes lent it existent entered the srishti first made all the casings and then entered the srishti it's just like those people who make eclairs i saw one video once so you have to make a very light dough and then now uh, you you know you put it in the oven and you kind of make a hole in it and put it in the oven you you pipe it in a certain way and you know may make it uh, full of holes and then after that what you you fill the vanilla icing chocolate icing whatever filling and then you inject it into this casing <laughs> uh, so like that everything is as good as dead if this you know if this oi goi filling called sachidananda so delicious so complete you know otherwise the whole jagat is nissara like the dry bread you know in various forms so they, therefore the filling is what makes the namarupa come alive and the filling is uncreated it is satchit ananda it is limitless and it is you know therefore 
you know bhagavan is the filling bhagavan being limitless one never the, the the world of names and forms never runs out of the filling no matter how many new names and how many new forms there would be <laughs> you know and this is explained in verse number 10 how this happens you know so let us read that kritva rupantaram jaivam देहे प्रवेशीश्वरूपातरम जैव देहे प्रवेशीश्वर इतिश्रुत प्राहुश्रुत प्राहु जीव प्राणधारणा जीव Vampranadharanath. Very beautiful and important verse. And in fact, verse number ten is going to connect everything that has come so far from verse number two onwards. This Ishvara Srishti portion, and then you know, so the Ishvara Srishti means Ishvara created something. And what did this Ishvara create? Ishvara just created something spontaneously, but at the same time, it is. full of you know it is an orderly projection it's not a creation it's a manifestation it's a projection and the material used for this projection is nothing other than himself herself and this uh, you know which is what which is satta and spurti satyam gyanam anantam brahma which is all a, which is the only source of existence so ishvara lent its existence to the jagat and lent its knowledge to the jagat and the existence and knowledge is limitless for ishvara and so everything that you see in the jagat is limitless knowledge and existence with you know along with a casing upadhi called name and form so then the question arises how did ishvara so to speak enter these names and forms for which this explanation is given here so kritva having made having made what kritva means karke having made having made what did ishvara make you know having made rupantaram <laughs> you know rupantaram means rupantaram kritva having undergone a costume change rupantaram having converted himself to another form without undergoing any change having converted himself into the very name and form what is that name and form jaivam rupantaram you know jeevasya idam jaivam so that which belongs to the jeeva is what this nama roopa which is the jeeva's territory and suddenly we see what is what is happening here a big uh, a big uh, you know headstand shirshasana why because this this ishvara is going into jeeva's territory who is jeeva the one filled with pratibhasika satta filled with a subjective way of looking at things filled with self ignorance filled with everything and really speaking we see ishvara entering the body you know of the jeeva which was projected by ishvara in an infallible and orderly fashion very interesting so kritva rupantaram jaivam so entering into the body after assuming the form of a jeeva 
देहे प्राविशद ईश्वर ईश्वरा एज दो एंटर्ड द बॉडी माइंड सेंस कॉम्प्लेक्स यूनो All these shrutis we have discussed are really coming to this point alone. See, now this is getting very exciting. Yeah, we are going to have an, we are going to have a fantastic weekend because now it is all spicing up. So who is this jiva? Nothing but Ishvara plus Pratibhasika is jiva. Ishvara plus subjectivity is jiva. Ishvara plus ignorance and a lot of complexes resulting from that ignorance is jiva. So really speaking, Ishvara assuming the form of the jiva, putting on this dunce cap as it were, and then you know becoming afraid, becoming shy, becoming upset, becoming you know like a yo-yo, happy sad, happy sad, happy sad, angry, you know, full of ragadvesha, ragadvesha, yo-yo, happy sad, yo-yo, night and day, yo-yo, all this, you know. This Ishvara assumed the very form of the Jiva and having assumed that form, then what did Ishvara do? <laughs> Ishvara, as it were, entered the body, entered the human body. And here, or, or the body of the cow, we're all Jivas. It's not just the human. That's why all these things were given alongside the human. Yeah. <laughs> here we have to have a caveat because, you know, we don't subscribe to the uh, you know, to the uh, mainstream religious beliefs that the human being is special, only the human being has soul, all the rest of the animals have souls, S-O-L-E-S, we don't subscribe to that. Everything is a manifestation. So the human being, the human being from the standpoint of the upadhi, the body of the human being, the mind of the human being is also a manifestation. And what is living and creating this manifestation, sustaining this manifestation, projecting this manifestation is Ishvara alone. So in all these Namarupas, Ishvara is taking that very form and entering the cow body. So we have to say Kavishvara, Jiveshvara, Kharash, you know Kharashvara, Khara means donkey. Hiha Ishvara, donkey Ishvara, and then Pipilikeshvara, Pipilika Ishvara, ant Ishvara, goat Ishvara, sheep Ishvara, and then what else, you know, and then the, um, so many things, tree Ishvara, and then mold Ishvara, mold is also spores, small beings, fungus Ishvara, <laughs> and microscopic Ishvara, bacteria Ishvara. <laughs> That's what we have to, the last name of every single thing in the Jagat is Ishvara. You withdraw Ishvara from all these names and forms and the Jagat is no longer existent. Ah. Even for the Jagat to shine as a projection, Ishvara has to be propping it up and how else will Ishvara prop it up other than by his own existence? So then that's how it is, you know, you know, tree Ishvara and uh, what else, you know, cow Ishvara, cat Ishvara, cat Ishvara, dog Ishvara and then, uh, you know, then what about all the inanimate things, mountain Ishvara, Parvateshvara <laughs> and then, uh, you know, five elements Ishvara, everything is Ishvara and that's why we cannot say Ishvara is mountain. Why? Because Ishvara is also the sky, also the atmosphere, also the river. How can it be only mountain? 
so it has not become the mountain it you know mountain is ishvara ishvara is not the mountain all bodies are ishvara ishvara is not any one body all minds are nothing but the projection of ishvara ishvara is not any one mind so as though taking on the form of the jiva you know so before the ishvara was smiling sachidananda so entering the jiva's body it assumes the facial you know uh, what is that it composes the face because the jiva perpetually exhausted perpetually tired always sad <laughs> so the smiley face becomes what scowly face entering as it were the jiva's body and then the jiva's body mind sense complex which was created has a life span and the life span is not random it is based on the law of karma of that particular you know incarnation that particular incarnation you know who is that jiva who is this jiva ishvara of course but from the standpoint of this body mind sense complex the one who has accrued a lot of papa and a little bit of punya ha <laughs> and so this fellow is the one you know based on the law of karma in the previous life this body has become manifest so beautiful and then what is this body nothing but ishvara and what is the indweller of this body ishvara alone so it is a very bold statement because of two reasons one is as i have pointed out that there is you know we don't have we don't single out the human being as some kind of a special creature in fact that is not the case at all the human body is also a casing and the cow's body is also a casing and then what do they have in common both are abided by ishvara ha huh. it's not that ishvara is alone in the human body but not indwelling in anything else no ishvara is there in every body pun intended ishvara is there as every body and so this is you know this is the first departure from mainstream religions the second departure is that you know we don't say all beings all the jivas are creatures of ishvara ishvara did not create the jiva jiva is anadi naturally because jiva is nothing but agyanam wedded to agyanam one is anadi agyanam is anadi without beginning why is agyanam anadi this we have to see very carefully agyanam is anadi because if agyanam had a beginning that means then we have to say what was there before agyanam then you are forced to say gyanam because both are opposed to each other and if agyanam you know if gyanam knowledge was replaced by ignorance then what am i doing here on a saturday morning trying to study this so i'll gain this knowledge and again later on it will be replaced by ignorance so therefore ignorance cannot have a beginning and then knowledge cannot have an end that is how the setup is ignorance comes to an end in the wake of knowledge it is like tamah prakashavat viruddha swabhava it is like uh, knowledge and ignorance are opposed to each other where one is the other cannot be so either you know something or you don't know something you cannot say i know 50% of something it's not an, it's not okay so the you know that's why there is a saying half knowledge is dangerous 
and how can you say half knowledge to that which is limitless and impartite no it has no parts at all and so therefore you know the second form of departure the second place of departure from the mainstream religions is that we don't see the jiva as a creature of bhagavan as created by bhagavan so when you say bhagavan created the cow you know what we mean to say is that the nama rupa called cow the body mind sense complex was created but it was inhabited by ishvara without really inhabiting becoming the cow abhinna nimitta upadana karana and also sattas phurti pradanena it shines as the cow with you know ishvara so that's why it is said kaveshvara jiveshvara etc this is the second and an important departure that is why we can have mahavakya if jiva is a creature of ishvara then there is you know created and creature there is always that duality you cannot have advaita in these kinds of religions or these kinds of beliefs advaita is not possible at all look at it logically so if something has come from something else and those two things are distinct from one another and the other how can you say that that which has come is the same as that which is you know uh, which it has come from you can't say that because the two are on the same platter or level of reality they are both belonging to the same order of reality here you know in the mainstream traditions so they they are all you know they are all vyavaharika ishvara also becomes vyavaharika because it's one more thing in the universe and then there are so many things and ishvara is giving birth to this thing and then so therefore this is you know so we have a unique you know uh, entry into this approach the vedanta approach which says that jiva is nothing but ishvara with a big fat complex and because of that identified with that complex jiva becomes jiva jiva gains jivatvam jivanas jivahood so who is this that is gaining jivanas ishvara is as though gaining jivanas Oh, so Ishvara is coming to the class. Yes, Ishvara is coming to the class. Ishvara, as though wants to be, you know, freed. It, but why then does Ishvara need to attend Vedanta class? Because it is in the body, mind, sense complex of the jiva, having taken on the pratibhasika and the complexes. that is why this this uh, you know u turn has to be made and that as though teacher as though knowledge as though class as though shruti as though mahavakya gets rid of the as though agnyanam it is as though as though as though all the way <laughs> and so kritva rupantaram jaivam you know pravishat ishvarah you know Dehe pravishat enters the body. Then iti taha shrutayah. All those shrutis have been talking about this only. And what do they say? Jivatvam. This identification as the jiva is due to prana dharanat. Is be is due to being equipped with a subtle body. So those things that have subtle body in the universe is called jiva. All those things are called jivas. So jivatvam. So the 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 indicatory. You know what is the the sign of what is the indication that something is a jiva? 
because it is endowed with the sukshma sharira called prana. Prana means all the subtle functions, prana, apana, respiration, you know, whether it is through the gills in the body of what? Visheshwara or it is through the nose in the body of the Nareshwara or it is, it is through the uh, trachea, the sides of the body with insects such as Kakrojeshwara. <laughs> yes. So it is all just, you know, it is because of this identification with the prana. If I don't respire, if I don't, if the body is not going through all these functions, respiration, circulation, elimination, reproduction, etc. If, if the body that is, you know, endowed with all this is called jiva, not only endowed with it, but attached to the prana, identified with the prana, this is what is called jiva. <laughs> so, then that, that is how the jiva is supposedly Born. Jiva is not born. Jiva is already Ishvara. Then what is born is only Jiva hood, Jiva ness, and that which is in Sanskrit called what? Uh, you know, what is that called? It is called Jivatvam. Jaivam Jivatvam. So more we will see in the evening class. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate. Purnasya Purnamadagya Purnameva Vashishyate Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om